the bridge is always greener in the bird bush. That's nothing. I know. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Tell me all about you and how you are. This week's episode is all about how Teresa is. Uh, no. No? No, it's not. No. No. Uh, We're actually coming back for more idioms. We said we would be... Yes, and you know what? We've just enjoyed it so much. And you know, it's one of those things that since we did that first episode, which if you haven't listened to, you should. It's an absolute blast. Since we did that first one, I have not been able to stop clocking idioms. Like everything we say, Mm -hmm. every time I'm like writing something, every time I'm reading something, I'm like, wait, why did we start saying? And it's all of these things that like are so commonplace in the English language that you don't even register how nonsensical they are. Exactly. Until you're thinking about it. It helps also having a (laughs) three-year-old who like every time you say something is like, Wait, what? What is that? What does that mean? But before we get into idioms... Wait a second. What? If you are also clocking idioms, you listeners, please send them to us. Alex has a whole Gmail folder dedicated to idioms. So keep sending them. Um, And speaking of Alex, I'll explain why I'm speaking of Alex in a second when I get to it. It's Max Fun Drive. Yes, it is. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't Max Fun Drive usually in March? And aren't we far past March? Well, yes, but... I don't know if you folks at home know this. A lot's going on in the world. So mm-hmm. it got pushed mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. a little while. Mm-hmm. So now we're doing kind of a special edition, Max Fun Drive 2020. And why is it special edition, you ask? Well, first, it is low key. We are not uh, going to give you the hard pitch, the hard sell. Uh, this is your opportunity to support the art and artists you love, become a Max Fun member, and get rewards. If you are able to, um, because we understand that times are tight right now and there's a lot of uncertainty and maybe you're not able to become a member and we totally get that. No pressure. If you are able to become a member, there are lots of different levels uh, whatever, and you can choose whatever you're comfortable with. Right. We'll uh, talk about those later on. This is just a quick intro to say Max Fun Drive is happening. Go check it out, MaximumFun.org slash join. And the reason that I said, speaking of Alex, is our ability to bring Alex in and and hire and pay her to research for us is because of the support that you've shown over the years and, and helped us uh, be able to pay her for the work that she does. So if you appreciate the work that Alex does the way that we do, MaximumFun.org slash join. Now, let's talk about idioms. Teresa, what's an idiom? We have discussed idioms. Uh, this is now number two. Um, so idioms, if for a a, a quick a quick rewind. Uh-huh. <laughs> so idioms are an expression mm-hmm. that usually means something other than the words actually mean. Like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Sure, which that's really a means proverbial. 
Uh, yes, but yeah, sure. But it means, you know, g- enjoy what you have rather than wishing for something else. Right, because right. nobody's actually talking about birds. Right. There's the use of metaphor and simile um, and anthropologically speaking and all that kind of sure. stuff. So there are lots of ways of saying the things we want to say. And when you're not doing it literally, you may be using an idiom. So, for example, the first one we have here is from Ivy Faye B, who emailed us asking about spill the beans, right? That's an idiom, spill the beans. It is also a a game that our three-year-old loves to play. Well, (laughs) hypothetically loves to play. Okay, so the game Don't Spill the Beans, first of all, we have been playing it wrong our entire lives. I actually read the instructions and you have to go through like all the beans that you have and... Anyway, anyway, read the instructions. You're trying not to spill the beans. You're, but it's not just about not spilling the beans. It's about not getting any beans back, and you continue to do. Anyway, okay. go and read those instructions. It's fun. Uh, but she just like spilling, like spilling them. She, she just, enjoys the just spill wants part. to spill the beans. So, what does it mean? What's the meaning of like if I say, "Oh, they spilled the beans"? What am I saying? It's believed that this phrase originated from ancient Greece. Um, but so the meaning, just in case anyone listening has never heard the phrase spill the beans before it means like to ruin a surprise or tell a secret let the cat out of the bag <laughs> another <laughs> idiom okay. that has really gross origins we'll talk about that another oh, time boy. okay anyway ancient greece uh is known for voting that's kind of like yeah. their thing back then um and one way people would do that is by putting white or black beans in a jar um black for a positive vote the, sorry, white bean for a positive vote, black for, bean for a no vote. Um, and if the jar had been tipped over, the secret of everyone's votes would be visible to all, for all to see before you could count them. Oh, man, that makes sense. So okay. one should not spill those beans. You know, it's funny. That I'm glad we're doing this episode. I'm glad we're talking about idioms because this is the kind of thing of like you grow up your whole life hearing don't spill the beans. And not until just before you said the origin of it did I think, what does that mean? Like, that's weird. Don't spill the beans. What a weird thing. You can go through and be like, don't spill anything. Spilling things is usually a mess, right? I mean, I, yeah. But beans specifically is what, what my little, little ear perks to. Yeah, but even then, it's like, oh, you told a secret. You spilled the secret. It's like, that's nothing. That doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, you, Spilled the beans. What are you talking about? Ah, it has to do with Greek voting. <laughs> ah, I see. Another one from Ivy Faye B. Cream of the crop, which if if you've never heard it, means like the best of the best. This is this. Oh, this over here. This is my best product. This is the cream of the crop. The creme de la creme. The creme de la creme. The, the cream, cream of, of the cream. The cream. Mm-hmm. Um, farmers. Obviously, they Props, love cream. Farmers, hand in hand. That's you right. You said they love cream. I do love <laughs> cream. But I would I mean, I guess. <laughs> but I thought you meant because of the crop bar, but you and the cream bar. Okay. Well, you can you pay the most for the cream. Sure. So here's the thing. If you let milk, the unhomogenized, unpasteurized milk, if you let it sit, it will separate. Uh-huh. Um, and the cream 
will come to the top. Right. That's another, the cream rises to the top. Maybe that's just a saying, mm-hmm. proverb, the cream mm-hmm. always rises to the top. Yes. And the cream is the part with the good stuff in it. That's where all the fat and the flavor and the yummy is. So it's the richest, best part of the milk. And so the noun cream has been used to uh, delineate the best since the 16th century. Um, and the phrase cream of the market actually was an early form of this expression uh, that had, has been traced back all the way to 1678. Okay, see, once again, this is interesting because I, I think maybe I was focused too much on the crop part and oh. thought about crop as like vegetables, right? But like crop is like anything that a farmer harvests and there are dairy right. farmers, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, okay. Cream of the crop, cream of the market, cream of the cream. Cream of the cream. Now this next one comes from Alex herself because she wrote it three weeks ago and thought, huh. Uh, <laughs> and that phrase is willy nilly, which is, is uh, it's a phrase I use a lot in a series of willy-nilly, higgledy-piggledy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, it's all over the place. It's haphazard. I'm, I'm, oh, you spilled water willy-nilly. You, you, or Sloshed like, it. Right. Or if you were like planting, right? You might say like, ah. you didn't plant them in order. You just kind of threw the seeds willy-nilly. Scattered. Right. Right. Um, so let's talk about wiggle, uh, sorry, willy-nilly. You mentioned higgledy-piggledy. Higgledy-piggledy. And that's another show. Um, which I only know from Doug. <laughs> so this means uh, in Old English, the word nil was the opposite of the word will. Okay. So the expression will we, nil we meant with or against your will. Okay. Okay. So then when you combine the two words, it meant that you didn't care which way something went, which means not just a, an action that you do, but also a feeling that you have, right? Okay. So you were neutral on a topic. Because you just didn't care whether it went. Right, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm neither for nor against, I'm just willy-nilly. Exactly, exactly. And over time, that evolved to the two words becoming uh, like opposite of each other, will it or won't it? You do or do not. Which way does it go? All yeah, that stuff. will they, won't they? Exactly. Yeah, will they kiss? Won't they kiss? Will I put the beans over there? Will I not put the beans over there? <laughs> will knows? you spill the beans everywhere? Who knows? Uh, you know what? Neutral on it. All you of know? that is willy nilly. You know, I. This reminds me of. Uh, oh man, I hate this. Uh, this is a little. This is the pettest of peeves, the peeviest <laughs> of pets. It's a little tiny thing, but like there are words that. People, you like moot is that what this makes me think of, right? Is that sure. people often think of moot as meaning like it doesn't matter. The point is unimportant. Ah, yes. When actually the meaning of moot, moot the, if someone says the point is moot, what they mean is it could be argued back and forth forever mm-hmm. without ever coming to a conclusion. Not that it's not important. Exactly. But that it is, there is such an even divide on it that there is no answer to this question. So the point is moot. This is why I love the idea of these idioms and why it's important to know exactly what they mean right. so that you can use them with economy of language properly in communicating well, which is good schmanners. It is good schmanners, especially when we talk about these because uh, what's what's the uh, when especially if you're thinking about these like colloquially mm-hmm. of 
we we are more connected now than ever before, right? And there was a time when I was growing up, when we were growing up, right, where the conversations you would have day to day were with people within like a five mile radius of you, right? Because if you weren't going on like a big trip, you right, or maybe even that. I mean, okay, maybe not when we were growing when up. When I was eight. We weren't like surfing the webs, having conversation I mean, on the Twitter. I guess Twitters. that's true, but you were talking on the telephone, right? Didn't yeah, but not on a day to day basis. I wasn't like, how many people do you think I knew at eight years old in like Montana? Oh, fine. I'm saying that when we were kids, little kids, right, okay. under ten, fine. the conversations we were having was with like our neighborhood, our people at school, like the like. Those we called were- our grandma every day to say hi. <sighs> okay. We weren't discussing. Your grandma things. was in Dayton. I know yeah. who your grandma well, was. Well, but like she, we ha- you had to get on a car to get there. Couldn't, couldn't just My walk. Point, <laughs> if I may finish. One point is that now we like have to know th- what not just what the things we're saying mean to us, but like what they mean in the broader sense of things. Yes, right. This is a thing we talked about last episode that there are like lots of phrases that's like we use all the time. Where it's like we should not use those words anymore exactly. right because we in our immediate like families friends like we may not realize the impact of the things we're saying but like if you like take one step away from your own understanding of things and look at something from a different perspective you might realize like oh i should not be saying that thing mm-hmm. now this next one this is from colin and the question, well, I guess the phrase, but I'm going to put a question mark at the end of it is, cut the mustard? Uh, I have to say that before all of this research concluded, I thought it was similar to cut the cheese. No. no. I did. I or did. break wind. Of break wind. To break wind. Speaking of which, by the way, we have a Max Fun bonus episode that is talking about the fartist. <laughs> Le yes, it's very funny. The fartist. Um, but no, cut the mustard means like, uh, you know, meet expectation, live up to standard, like up to snuff, which we talked about on the last we episode. Did. Of we like, did. yep. I mostly hear it as like someone saying that doesn't cut the mustard. That won't cut the mustard. Oh, which okay. another phrase that I like to use is that dog won't hunt. And, oh, okay. And that is either very posh or very, uh, uh, like, very folksy. I don't know. It's one of those two. It's either that dog won't hunt or that dog won't hunt. And it works in both. I mean, it does kind of work. Yeah, both right. Ways. Write it down. That dog won't hunt. Next one. That's not going to do it. Well, I can tell you right now what it means. It's, well, yeah, but with the origin. That's pretty straightforward, don't you think? Well, that dog's does, not going to do its job. But where does it come from, pray tell? Maybe I made it up. So it doesn't, it means you didn't meet expectations or the required standard. Where did that come from? Why the mustard, Teresa? Um, so it is debatable. There are several uh, perceived origins of this. So about 100 years ago, a story by O. Henry. O. Henry. <laughs> uh uh, mentioned this idiom, cut the mustard, and it's thought that he picked it up in Texas uh, because um, it may actually be a reference to the ability of farmhands to cut down and harvest mustard trees. Sure. Okay. And if you can, then you can. If you can cut the mustard, then you are one of those people that do it, I guess. Okay. The, the second one on here makes more sense to me. 
another that that it is a uh, a a twist yeah. on uh, pass muster, right? Uh, which which seems very close to cut the mustard, right? Pass muster. This is something that we've seen happen before. Past muster was like when soldiers were like inspected, right? And if you Mm -hmm. approve, if you like, you pass inspection, you pass muster, right? That feels like a fun kind of like slang term that soldiers would say of like, oh, you cut the mustard. Now, I don't know why it wouldn't be past mustard. You pass the mustard would be a much Mm. funner slang version of it. But Maybe. I could see muster becoming mustard. So according to Michael Quinion, who runs the website Worldwide Words, they say it's much more likely that it's a development of the long-established use of, of mustard as a superlative, as in phrases as keen as mustard, okay. right? Um, so in 19th century America, mustard was used figuratively to mean something that added zest. Right. Uh, and proper mustard was something that was the genuine article. So all of these things are about how great mustard is. So mustard was was used as, as you said, super, almost like sliced bread, right? Like where you said, it's as good as sliced bread, the best thing since sliced bread. I yeah. will say that this is a phrase like my family I don't know, maybe this is a common one, but like in in terms of like sports, right? If mm-hmm. you tried to throw a ball and it didn't quite make it, you'd say, ooh, not enough mustard. Not, oh, like didn't put enough mustard on that. I never heard that. Yeah. Maybe that is just a macro thing. We have a lot of weird You ones. guys do. What's the uh, swan to John? A swan to John. I swear That's to John. One. Yeah. That's I have no one. idea. What's another one? Uh, who knows? Who even knows? Uh, fiddly farting? Fiddly, <laughs> no, fiddly farting. farting around. I don't know if that's a real one or if that's just something my dad said in anger once. Who knows? <laughs> Did your parents call the couch the Davenport? No. I think that we've talked about this. My grandmother called the couch the Davenport, and it turns out that it was like, I do remember talking about this. It's like a uh, one of those things where instead of saying facial tissue, you say Kleenex. Oh, it's a brand name. It's Davenport. like a, a yeah, brand name. A designer. I think that's true. So everyone loved mustard. Everyone so, loves it. So maybe we do need to, Alex put in here a mustard only episode of Shanners. Wouldn't mind it. I do like <laughs> mustard. Uh, before one time, mu- my mother gave Christmas presents of mustard to oh, you. I love mustard. It's do, it, oh, I have she, a very special place in my heart. Uh, mostly because of all the cholesterol there from like German food. <laughs> Y'all that caught you. I broke her, folks. Uh, and man, the Germans really figured out mustard. They sure did. Before uh, big we- box of mustard for Christmas. I love mustard. It wasn't loose mustard. You make it sound like your mom gave me loose mustard in a box. It was several jars it was of jar, mustard. But it was in containers. In it wasn't just like, I wasn't reaching in like Winnie the Pooh getting out a smack roll of mustard. It was in jars. <laughs> I was just scooping mustard out of a box and slathering it on. <laughs> You've cracked yourself up with this image of loose mustard in a box. Ooh, 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 we better go to a break. Yeah, okay. Folks, uh, I want to tell you about the Maximum Fun Drive. How does it work, you ask? Well, it's simple. You go to MaximumFun.org slash join. You choose a level at which you are comfortable supporting the art and artists you love, and then you get rewarded for it. It's that simple. 
Maybe you're already a MaxFun member. Well, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join, and you can maybe move up to the next level of, of support if you want to, if you're able to, if that sounds like something you would be interested in. Let me tell you about some of the levels. I'm going to tell you about the first three, because I think they're pretty cool. At For the... the- $5 level. For the $5 level, you get access to bonus content, not just from this year, but from every Max Fun Drive up till now. It's over 200 hours of bonus content, not just audio. There's some video in there. Um, I, we mentioned the, uh, fartest episode of, of Schmanners. We also this year did an episode all about outdated etiquette stuff that was once completely like you know regular expected to do this that we don't have to do anymore uh it's very fun if you're a fan of the adventure zone this year's bonus episode is me justin griffin and dad playing and it is dm'd by matt mercer from critical role um for my brother my brother and me we did an episode of prank calling it's so dumb and so wonderful like i was it's very fun and so i would be interested to maybe find out how many how much monies per bonus episode you are you are uh getting for your buck you know Uh, like paying for your buck for the five dollars a month right over a year 60 bucks 60 bucks yeah, you're getting about three and what? Three and a third hours of content per dollar. And if you think about how, like, sometimes a song will cost 99 cents. Yeah. That's a great deal. Sure. I, I, I'm a little bit lost in the weeds now as okay. far as, like, the math goes. But uh, so then for $10 a month, you get access to all that bonus content. Plus, you get an enamel pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott. These have been uh, just, these have been very popular every year since you started doing them. They are show specific. And they're super cute. So cute. And you can pick out, that was a very good kind of Midwestern act. They're super cute. Um <laughs> You can uh, pick which show you love, get that one. Uh, and you also get a membership card in there as well that shows you're a Max Fund member. And then for $20 a month, you get the bonus content, you get the enamel pin, the membership card, and you also get a Max Fund game pack that includes Max Fund themed playing cards, as well as a set of dice and a Max Fund branded dice bag. It's all really cool. And there's other levels in there, but you know, there's tons of ways that you can support. Uh, shows even if you aren't able to give financially you can go on your various social media accounts talk about the drive share links and not, even if you don't want to share links to the drive because as we said it's an uncertain time you can just say like hey listen to this show i think you'd really like it i i we- and if you choose to do this if you want to tweet at us at schmanners cast um let us know that you have uh chosen to support or that you are sharing the show or that you just love our podcast uh we will thank you personally we have recently a lot of people have been tweeting about how much they they enjoyed and how much the the trans historical figures episode meant mm-hmm. to them and that means a lot to us we put a lot of work into that one and you know it, it we put a lot of work into every episode and people have been talking recently about the show and it it just means the world to us and support doesn't always come in the form of dollars and cents sometimes it just comes in the form of your time and your support and your appreciation and that means the world to us and that is the thing i think we went back and forth for a while about like whether it was appropriate to do a max fund drive at all right because we know it is uncertain times but the thing 
that means the most to me during Max Fun Drive is an opportunity for me as a creator to say to everyone, like, hey, thanks for supporting our shows. Thank you for saying, like, hey, this show means a lot to me. And that doesn't just mean money. So I'm really glad we're doing the Max Fun Drive so that I have a chance to say thank you to everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening now if you're hearing this. So if you are interested in becoming a member, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Maybe consider upgrading your membership if you are able to. Uh, but if not, just, you know, go talk about the shows. And, and we really appreciate it. Uh, you can find out more, the levels, see all the other levels, the higher-ups at MaximumFun.org slash join. Now, this next one, this is a very British one. And normally we would not use this foul language, but <laughs> it is part of the idiom and it won't make sense if we don't say it. So this is from Beej, uh, who is from Hull, UK. The dog's bollocks. And that is, like, it means testicles. The yes. dog's testicles. And it's, like, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's a, a great thing. A shining beacon of excellence. There's a great Eddie a bit about dog's bollocks, which is, like, that dress, my queen, is the dog's bollocks. What is it? Why? Why is it? Why is that a compliment? Um, so, probably... From post-World War II things, uh, meaning like um, a lot of these happened, like the bee's knees, the cat's pajamas, something belonging to a thing. Sure. Uh, and these all kind of have the same meaning, right? The, that is great. That something's great. Um, so the phrase in England at the time was, you stand out like a dog's bollocks. Right, meaning oh, like that you were outstanding. <laughs> and it's possible that the phrase morphed into the dog's bollocks. I think that is so funny and wonderful. And listen, I'm watching you. Trace is very uncomfortable right now because she's unsure whether we are traipsing into uncomfortable territory of language that we don't normally discuss in this episode. But the five-year-old in me, maybe even the seven-year-old in me, is laughing so hard at the idea of complimenting someone by saying, you stand out, <laughs> you stand out in a similar fashion to how obvious the testicles of a dog is. And you're like, ah, thank you so much. That means the world to me. I think that in this world of Bob Barker, spay and neuter your pets, I have very rarely seen an intact dog. Well, every time I think about it, I think about it's like usually used as like a visual joke in a TV show or movie or whatever. For example, uh, and it's puerile, but in uh, Van Wilder, there's a running joke about the uh, a dog's swollen genitals. And it is a visual joke used over and over again in the movie. And that's what it makes me think of. But let's move on to maybe perhaps safer. I'm where, ready. I'm ready. The cat's pajamas or the cat's pajamas or the cat's pajamas. <laughs> Not that third one. It might be. Like we said, it's it's very similar. It's, uh, you know, the top quality. That's cool. That's awesome. Bibi has been watching a lot of Peppa yeah. Pig. And so she will say like, uh, for lunch, can I have turkey and tomatoes? <laughs> And I love it very much. Uh, probably from the 1920s jazz era. Uh -huh. um, 
where people like flappers or I mean, you know, cool the, cats. the cool people were known as cats. Yeah. Um, and pajamas uh, were revenue. A uh, relatively new fashion, uh, especially for women. It became kind of like cool to wear pajamas. I think that that also cycled through this year or last year where there were like designer loungewear pajamas that you really weren't supposed to wear to bed, but you were supposed to kind of like wear them around. That feels like a 2020 thing. Like here's some stuff to lounge around in. Mm-hmm. Feels like a 2020 thing. This also, if we're looking at the 1920s, this also feels like a time when people were sitting around trying to be clever, like putting a lot of work into being clever. People be like, you know, the alcohol. Oh, yeah. Like that, it feels like there there were probably people just sitting around trying to come up with new slang of just like uh, I don't know. It's the porcupines pot pie. Is that anything? Everybody wanted to be an influencer, right? It, yes, it, just like twenty twenty. Just like twenty. Everybody wanted to be an influencer. Everybody wanted to be known for like their wit and creativity. Everybody wanted to be the next great Gatsby. I guarantee. As, and there were people just like trying to come up with like, is this anything? Is this a cool thing to say? Does this make sense? If I in cats pajamas, it has a lot of like those fun ass sounds in it that feels like a thing. It's got a good rhythm to it. People can't see me dancing at home, but maybe they can hear the rhythm of cats pajamas. I just have to say, stop trying to make fetch happen. Okay, now the next phrase: stabbed in the back. Which means betrayed. I think that I think that's obvious. It's obvious, right? I mean, anyone, any of the like the English speaking world knows about Julius Caesar being stabbed in the back by his friends. Two brute. Everybody who thought they thought that they were friends, they weren't friends anymore. He was stabbed in the back, and that's what it means. Yeah, makes sense. All right, listen, we're going to talk about more idioms, but first. We got a quick thing, you know, for some sponsors. You work hard, so you're worth it. You deserve premium products that mirror your premium lifestyle. Native deodorant is designed to block odor better. It's made better with ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. And not only that, They smell great. I am a huge fan of the cucumber and mint. And, you know, Teresa loves the rose. She loves the lavender, the vanilla. They're all incredible. These things smell great. They feel great. They don't feel heavy. You know, they don't feel like all clumpy under your arms. I'm a big fan. They're absolutely great. So check them out because they have rotating seasonal scents. It's great. And it's risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S. plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash schmanpod or use promo code schmanpod at checkout. That's S-H-M-A-N-P-O-D at checkout and get 20% off your first purchase. That's nativedo.com slash schmanpod or use promo code schmanpod at checkout for 20% off your first order. I have a couple medications that I take. There's medications that Teresa take. And it, it can be really hard, even for just myself, 
keeping track of those and and making sure that I haven't forgotten them, let alone how hard it can be if you have to manage someone else's medication regimen. You know, you have a lot of stuff going on in your own life and the the pressure of worrying about that you might miss a dosage for someone you love that you're taking care of, that's a lot of pressure. So let me recommend to you Hero. Hero is your medicine cabinet reinvented. The Hero Pill Dispenser sorts all daily medications and delivers them all with the push of a button. And more than that, if medication isn't taken, the Hero app will send a notification to you, a family member, or caregiver so a dose is never missed. They even have an optional service that delivers medication directly to your door. So right now, if you go to herohealth.com slash schmanners, you'll get 50% off service initiation and a 30-day risk-free trial with a money-back guarantee. That's herohealth, H-E-R-O-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash schmanners to start your membership with 50% off and a 30-day free trial. Don't forget, that's herohealth.com slash schmanners. Okay, now this is one that I use. Some There's a lot of hat-related idioms. You well, like the hat-related ones. I do. It's, it's got a good energy to it. There's one that I used that for a long time I thought I had made up, or I thought my family had made up, but it, I think... We did not. And it is like, throw your hat over the fence. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm committing to this action because once your hat's over the fence, you're going to have to go over the fence to get it. So it's kind of saying like, you know what? I'm going to throw my hat over the fence and say, I will figure this out. It's very similar to throw your hat in the ring. Right. So that's the phrase. Throw your hat in the ring. Uh, Because in that way, you... um, are going to take up the challenge, right? right? Or you're going to you're going to put your foot in the door. <laughs> Another one. To- that one, no, I get that one's clear to me, right? Because that's like you're a salesman. You're going to put a foot in the door so that they can't close the door, so you can keep going with your pitch. Right. right? You're going to throw your hat in the ring, so you have to get up and go get it. Right. Um. And Wait, your hat in the ring. What? Boxing. I, okay. Boxing. Okay. Let's talk about boxing. Let's talk about boxing. There's a whole like the boxing beautiful dance language, but the, the punchathon, as it's called. Um, it was normally so crowded with people around it uh, that if you wanted to enter into the fight, uh, it was useless to shout about it because there were just too many people. So to make your intentions known, you would quite literally throw your hat in the ring, allowing you to get in the ring for you to fight in order to retrieve it. Okay, so as long as we're talking about boxing, Mm -hmm. let's jump ahead a little bit to throw in the towel. Right. Meaning to quit. Uh, And mostly when I hear throw in the towel, I, I, I think of it in terms not just of quitting, but like I have tried really hard. I have come up against great resistance. I've tried to find a solution and I can't, I'm giving up. Something about throwing the towel makes me picture like you've mopped the sweat yes. off of your brow and now you are finished. So you no longer need the sweaty towel. You throw it. Right. Yes. More, like more like wave the white flag kind of deal. Same that, that deal of like, I, I have fought and I am surrendering. Mm. And it comes from boxing, right? Like I, right. this, this, I, I think, okay, I'm going to read it. Okay. Because it's believed to have come from the boxing world where the coach or a teammate would literally throw a towel in the ring in order to signal that their fighter had been uh, defeated. 
Um, and, and this very much like you were talking before about it being so crowded, um, that you would not be able to hear the yells of like the coach or something saying like, Hey, stop, stop, stop. So you needed a visible signal Mm -hmm. and not just ringing the bell because ringing the bell was what the official would do. But this is like, my boxer is, is losing and is unable to, I, maybe they're unconscious or they're in danger or whatever. So I'm going to throw in the towel. Uh, and say, like, this is done. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Makes sense. I think of there's a line in a Bob's Burgers song, too, about uh, you have the towel, but don't throw it in. If you do, then you cannot win. That's how rules work. <laughs> it's just a great line. It is a great line. Another boxing one. Let's do Bring Home the Bacon. Wait, this is a boxing one? Yeah. <gasps> okay. So uh, bring home the bacon is like earn a living. Right. Which I just assume was like bacon was expensive. I made enough money that I could go buy bacon and bring it home. It's not that. So it probably started in um, Essex, England in the 1100s. So it was customary for the church to award a side of bacon to newly married couples. Okay. Um, because for that reason, it was expensive. It was a luxury gift, right? Um, and that had been... Gone, going on a long time, but it it's kind of a, a diagonal journey to the way we use it today. Um, it wasn't used in the U.S. until around 1906 when Joe Gans fought Oliver, Oliver Nelson in the World Lightweight Championship boxing match. Okay. So Gans' mother sent him a telegram right before that told him to bring home the bacon in regard to the fight. Okay. So when Joe Gans won which made him, by the way, the first native-born African-American to win a world boxing title. Nice. Uh, He wrote back to his mom saying that he had not only the bacon, but the gravy. And sports writers loved this so much that the phrase spread into general usage. I love so much when we talk about an idiom's history and you can pinpoint the yeah. first time it was used. That, that it, uh, it just, to me, it shows the influence of, like, someone can create a famous, like, saying or idiom, right, just by saying it once. And not just like, oh, it was a slang term that caught on. But, like, this person said, bring home the bacon. And everybody went, oh, that's great. I love that. And it became a thing. Now, here's one that I asked about. Blowing smoke, right? And usually... I would hear this uh, as someone denying it. Like, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm mm-hmm. not exaggerating or I'm not trying to, like, distract you. Of, like, for example, I most often, I would say I either use it or hear it used when you're, like, complimenting someone. Of, like, right. no, I'm not blowing smoke. Of, like, I'm not just, like, trying to distract you by, like, buttering you up and saying nice things. Mm-hmm. Right? And what it is... Or, I kind of I I honestly until I read uh the the history of it the origin of it I had no idea what it was connected to. This makes sense in a quite literal fashion. It comes from uh street magicians uh quite literally releasing smoke in the air to cover up their uh sleight of hand tricks. So okay. that's the kind of thing where like, you know, look over here. What is that distraction or what is it called when misdirection. you misdirection? Misdirection, exactly. So this was cover for them to slide a card or release a bird or perform. Do some magic other stuff, sort of you know. Thing, yeah. Okay, now before we wrap up, let's talk about call it a day. <laughs> got, okay, yeah. And this is like you know to stop working, finish a project, wrap it up. 
Which once again, wrap it up. Maybe that's about that's food. Another, I, don't I don't know. Wrap it up. We're going to call it a day. Oh, uh, you know what? Let's not start a new project. Let's call it a day. So this phrase first popped up in 1838 when a worker was leaving for home before he finished everything. So originally, the phrase would have been calling it a half day. Okay. In other words, call the work that I did today a half day's work worth of work. Okay. You get it? We're going to so call it a day. Okay. We're going to call it a half day, even though I was here all day because I didn't get much done, right? So okay. only pay me for a half day, okay. no matter yeah, how yeah. much time I did. Okay, sure. Um, And so it also was like, you can say goodbye this way to other employees who were leaving before the workday was over. So like technically, if you were using it appropriately, you wouldn't actually use it at the end of the workday. It wouldn't be like, okay, well, I'm working nine to five. So at five o'clock, you wouldn't say I'm calling it a day, right? You would say like, well, I was supposed to be on nine to five, but it's three o'clock and everything's done. I don't have anything left to do. So I'm going to call it a day. Yeah. And head home. That's, that's one way. Or uh, you could also use it in the opposite way of, I didn't get hardly anything done today from nine to five, so I'm going to call it a half day. Okay. Even though I was here nine to five, I only got half a day's work done. Okay. Okay. Got it. What's the word for those words that like are spelled the same but mean opposites? Uh, well, so there's a word, contronym. Contronym. A contronym yeah. is a word that you can use uh, to mean its own opposite, like mm -hmm. fast. He ran fast or it stuck fast, right? Like that right. kind of deal. That feel, this phrase feels very contronymative. Gotcha. Um, so there's also, uh, as part of this series of idioms, there's some idioms we should not use anymore. Um, for example, and listen, some of you listening, maybe these are like, yeah, obviously, obviously don't use those anymore. But for some people listening, the thing about idioms, and one of the things that we're finding more and more as we talk about them, is that they are so commonplace that sometimes you don't even think about the fact that you're using them. For example, exactly. calling a meeting a powwow, right? Let's have a powwow. That's not, that's a word belongs to indigenous people. Um, it was an incredibly important celebration that was often exploited when Native Americans were forced onto reservations. It is not like a fun thing. Oh, let's have a little powwow about. No, don't do this. Another word word belonging to indigenous people, <clears throat> excuse me, is the big kahuna. Mm -hmm. It's offensive to indigenous Hawaiians because kahuna is used to refer to a priest or a shaman. And uh, why would you... Put someone like if you're saying your boss is the big kahuna, they're not a priest or a shaman. You know, so as long as we're doing that, it. totem pole, don't use yeah. low on the totem pole. Uh, no. Uh, especially since, unless I'm mistaken, most people use that wrong too. Because I remember learning about totem poles and learning that the bottom like figure on the totem pole was often the most important because it supported yeah. all of of everything else and it was usually oftentimes most respected and so saying the low man on the totem pole also just doesn't make any sense so don't use that anymore <laughs> also uppity i think uppity might be one that people use without thinking about it a lot because it sounds like oh you're you're you know that is uh, you're calling someone snobby, but actually it was originally used to describe black people who didn't know their place. So, quote, I, didn't know their yes, place. Yes, quote, didn't know their place. It was used 
as an, a very huge insult for the, it, don't, no, uppity's not good. Don't, don't do it anymore. Um, and you know what? There's mo- plenty more, um, that we can talk about not using and, and we will in future idiom episodes. <laughs> Um, if you have suggestions for idioms you would like to hear us discuss and go into, or ones that you're like, hey, don't use these anymore, uh, you can email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Um, we have Twitter, it's at schmannerscast, but if you send suggestions for idioms or topics there, we will probably not see them and they might get lost in the shuffle. So emailing topics and idioms is a way better call. Also, one last time, I want to remind everybody that it's Max Fun Drive. It's going to be going on for a couple of weeks. But if you would like to become a Max Fun member, if you are able to, don't wait. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. When you do, you will list what shows you listen to, and your support will go to the art and artists that you love, and you'll get rewarded for it. It's super cool. MaximumFun.org slash join. Um, let's see. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentel Floss Black, for, theme, for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla and Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art, again, at SchmannersCast. Tweet at us and we'll thank you. Um, and thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners, which is a great place to join to get and give excellent advice from other fans of the show. So I think that is going to do it for us, though. I want to say thank you to Alex, without whom we would not be able to do this. Thank you, Alex. Uh, and thank you to everybody who has supported Schmanners in the past and made us able to pay Alex uh, to help us out. Because, you know, I don't know if folks know this. We've got two kids. And you should pay people for the work they do for you. Yes, that too. But I don't pay our kids for no, they don't do any oh, work but for us. We're talking about Al. Okay, great. I have just managed to teach BB how to fold a washcloth. She has a lot of work to do. That's fair. All right, <laughs> and that's going to do it for us. Jo- oh, that's going to do it for us. Jokes is what I started to say. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us, folks. Join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners, get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.